This is Life, Body, Business, Impact with Fatima. Welcome, friends. I'm so grateful to have you here. I'm your host, Fatima Ingalls, fitness expert, best-selling author, lifestyle entrepreneur, founder of the Life, Body, Business, Fit Systems, and co-founder of the amazing Freedom Retreats. My mission is to positively impact 10 million lives, to inspire you to wake up and live from your bucket list of dreams instead of waking up one day with a bucket list of regrets. Get ready to be inspired with weekly episodes and interviews that disrupt your thinking and motivate you to build your best life, body and business. To change one life is to change many. So come with me now and let's get started with yours. Hey guys, welcome to another episode. On today's show, I have not one, but two guests with me, Craig and Marcia Carr. These guys are super successful, not only in business, but in their marriage, being together over 30 years and still so happy and in love. If you think couples goals, believe me, if you see these two, you will think couples goals when you see them. They're definitely my inspiration. They have built multi-million dollar businesses, one of which has been operating for over 25 years. So they've been in it for the long haul. Craig is a sales and communications expert and their companies have provided training for well-known brands such as JB Hi-Fi, Harvey Norman, Myers, and a bunch of others. Now, they're both life coach qualified. Marcia is also a personal trainer and they apply their amazing communication skills within their marriage, also in their business and vice versa. There is an amazing amazing prize at the end of this episode. So let's get straight into the good stuff. Craig and Marcia, it's so great to have you both here. Thank you for your time to be on the show today. I would love to begin by having you share with our listeners a little bit about your background, both of you, in one to two minutes. Uh, I'll go first. I am a qualified hairdresser and makeup artist. I'm also a fitness coach and a life coach. I've uh, been doing uh, working with Craig now for 25 years as well in our own business. Uh, mother of two, yeah. So <laughs> I think that wraps me up. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I've been selling for about the last 35 years, all up. Started out selling for a company on wages for about 10 years when I figured out I was making them more money than I was making, and we took our first leap of faith to do that on our own. So a sales background at, at frontline level, also management and leadership level, and we've been directors of our own business now for a little over 25 years. I, I guess what I figured out along the way is that you needed to be more than just a salesperson. You needed to be uh, pretty well everything, psychologist, leader, mentor, and all of the above. So really becoming experts at communication helped us in lots of levels of our business. That's wonderful. Thanks for sharing all of that. You're both quite accomplished people. And I think the amazing thing is that you have been able to build an empire together and you didn't come, you, you didn't start with a silver spoon in your mouth. I'd love for you to share a little bit about your background story, Craig. Where did you start? Did your, did your upbringing prepare you for the achievements you have gone on to, to achieve in life and business? Uh, my upbringing definitely prepared me, but not perhaps in the way that you th thought. I came from a very abusive 
uh, upbringing, a horrible start to my life, but it certainly taught me a lot of lessons, but probably more the opposite of how to treat people and how to uh, respect people and how to behave around people. One of the things I'm most proud of, I guess, is in four generations of abuse at that over 18 suicides across four generations in my family line, we've been able to stop that abuse at our family. And we're very proud grandparents now where our son, has, they've had their first child. So as that next generation, the second generation without that sort of abuse. Um, so our upbringing definitely taught us a lot, but but not necessarily in a positive way. That That is absolutely amazing that, you know, you're, you are going to be living, uh, leaving a completely different legacy because you you've drawn the line in the sand yeah definitely that was something that we decided when we first got married we said to each other that you know we want to change history and we want to uh, break that cycle of both of our families I came from a, a different style of abusive family to Craig but certainly still had its issues um, and mine was sort of around also uh, having obese parents and that sort of mindset around food and, and all that sort of thing as well. So we said we just we just want to break that cycle and we don't want to have our children carrying that on now to our grandchildren. And so we worked very hard to repair the damage of the, of the generations of parents caused and we believe that we've broken that cycle. That's fantastic. And it's really, really honourable that you have taken that responsibility on. Rather than blaming your past and blaming the parents, you've decided that you want something different for your future and that of future generations. And again, drawn the line in the sand. How long have you both been married? Uh, we've been married 31 years and we've been together for 35 years. So. Wow, that's fantastic. And in business together for how many years? Uh, our own business for 25, 25 of those years, yeah. For 25. So what is the key to that sort of success? Because so many marriages break down today, let alone people who are married and in business successfully for so many years. What's the secret to all of this, Craig and Marcia? Uh, I think one of the biggest secrets is that we came to the decision that We'll put in 100% each, so I'm putting in 100%, Craig's putting in 100%, not the usual 50-50 because the other 50, where is that going? So it's 100% in and communication, of course, that's absolutely number one. Um, and also for each of us is so that we can both feel that we're communicating in a way that we feel that we, we're both being heard. That's the biggest thing. I mean, you can communicate a lot, but if you're not being heard then uh, that, that's going to cause some major issues. So that's big. And I think one of the things that's worked, particularly from my point of view, is recognising that a marriage as well as a business is a partnership. So Marcy brings a lot to the table and I can learn a lot from her. So rather than me feeling like I, I'm the guy and I've got to have all of the answers, be open to her thoughts, her ideas, and she's the strongest uh, person I know. My love for her is off the chart, but my respect for her is at a whole other level again because of what I've seen her be able to accomplish and be able to do. So I think having that respect for one another, recognising what the other person brings into it and not necessarily having the idea of I'm either winning or losing, either in business or in marriage, it's, a, it's about a shared partnership is what's most important. Yeah. 
what is something that you have learned from Marcia? You said you've learned a lot from her and she's an incredibly strong woman. Craig, what is something that, that you could share with us that you have learned? Uh, throwing myself in the deep end here. A uh, lot, lot. Well, where do I start? But one of the big things is patience. Uh, I'm quite a quick decision maker. I get a very strong gut instinct on on the way that we should go. And Marcy's helped me to be able to sort of step back, take a little bit more of a methodical look at things. And and absolutely in many, in many instances, that's been uh, a very wise thing to do. So just just to recognise also the people around us, because I tend to blaze trails and go in directions very, very quickly. I can sometimes uh, leave a bit of carnage behind me. Uh, Marcy's <laughs> always there to sort of sweep things up and make sure that I'm not hurting anybody's feelings or, or bruising any egos as I as I come flying through as well. So it sounds like you two make uh, an absolutely incredible team, like a like a yin and a yang. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's wonderful to see because you don't see it all that often, like we've said before, in in relationships. Um, and in business, even if people aren't in a relationship and in business together, just business partnerships and joint ventures, you you do see lots of issues where it comes back down to communication and things break down. So I think massive point there, the key is definitely communication. Yeah, we, we, laugh. we laugh every single day. We crack each other up. We're always telling jokes. We take the other person seriously, but not ourselves seriously. So we, we always bring that humour to every situation. Even even when there's stuff not going well, we always try and find a way to laugh about it. So many situations where you probably could actually sit down on the floor and start crying, but we always look into into it and we just find the funny side of it and then that that just changes everything, changes your attitude. Yeah, well, I always say, you know, sometimes when I'm laughing, you know what? Either I'm going to laugh or I'll have to cry. It's the yeah, same sort of situation. Yeah. You say, well, what else am I going to do? Am I going to sit on the floor, like you said, yeah. and cry over something? Or you've just got to laugh about it. So I have definitely witnessed your beautiful attitude. You both got, you know, great attitude and great energy and so much buzzing energy, vibrancy going on between the two of you. Is there anything more to it other than communication and respect? Do you, do you regularly take time out to take care of your own physical, mental and emotional health. Yeah, that's that's huge. Um, creating habits or rituals we try and have every day that we do certain things to set up our day ready so that we can have a really good attitude. Well, for me, I think it's, it's keeping that um, level of fitness. We both tend to have a bit of a routine of getting the blood pumping in the morning. So whether I go for a bit of a run or go for a ride, Marcy will work out. Um, so we bring that into the mix as well, which is where the energy comes from. And even mornings you get up, you feel tired, you, you're overwhelmed, you don't feel like doing anything. I try and make the first thing I do just going for a run and everything looks better at the end of that. That's when that energy comes back. And even on the run, I can think about things that I need to do, priorities fall in line, etc. So that's been a big part of it for us. Yeah. I think with attitude too, sometimes when things do, you know, crop up that are, could potentially be disastrous, I think having that attitude that, you know, we, we can do it, we can get through this. We're a team, we, there's always a way out um, and just looking straight away for that and then just acting on it. I think that's probably the biggest thing for me. And one of the big shares that I, if I can 
share this with your audience if it'll help anybody. It was a big thing for me at the po a point in my life where I recognize that everything has problems attached to it. I think we spend a lot of our life looking for a direction or something that has no problems. There is no such thing. E even money's a problem. If you have no money, you've got problems. But even Warren Buffett has money problems. He has different money problems than people with no money, but there's still problems. So mm -hmm. everything that you have in life will have problems attached to it. So getting okay with problems is, is one of the big things mm -hmm. that, that I got and made a difference for my attitude specifically because then I wasn't worried about the problems. Everything we do is going to have problems. What are the problems going to be and how do we get past them? Mm. So it's almost like you're normalising it. Problems happen in life. Yes. It's just. Like you said, Warren Buffett even has money problems. So depending on your level of success and where you go with life and business, you're just going to have a different quality of problem. Correct. That's, That's right. It's a That's big right. thing to finally get because yes. then you stop looking for something that doesn't have problems attached because there is no such thing mm. and you just waste so much of your life looking for that. It will be so much life and, and so much energy. We spend so much energy focused on that as well. Yeah, correct. Coming back to the business side of things, what is one of the most difficult decisions you have had to make in business or life? The difficult decisions for us in business have been really related to where we've had to make a shift uh, from yeah. something that we have been doing to something that's new. So kind of like a leap of faith. This was where we started the business, where we were, we were working quite success, successfully on wages, but we were really getting nowhere so we, we took that leap to go and start our own business where we're going to be reliant on our own sales and our own success to achieve the income. That's quite scary to do. So obviously there's a lot of talk goes around that, a lot of planning goes around that, but ultimately you have to be able to make that decision to pull the trigger. We look back now 25 years, had we not made that decision, we would not be where we are right now. And we've had those decision times like that where we've had to do that again, including like recently, like literally in the last few months where we've had to make a very strong decision to actually stop working with a particular industry that we've worked with for almost 25 years because the reality is that, that industry is not working as well as it used to. So again, it's scary to go in a totally new direction, but they've been the biggest turning points uh, in our business when we've been able to make those decisions. So you don't really get comfortable, do you? You've got to, in business, I mean, you've been in business for over 25 years successfully, for people who are in their earlier part of their journey or thinking about getting into the journey of entrepreneurship and business, you don't you don't relax, do you? You've you've always got to have your your finger on the pulse. Yeah, I think probably one of the best things of advice that we learned, obviously later on in the business, was being getting really good at um, pivoting, learning how to pivot very very quickly okay. when something. You know, you get that gut feeling, you think this isn't going in the right direction and something else comes along, just quickly pivot to that and then and then get on with it rather than flogging a dead horse. Yeah. There's a fine line between giving something up too quickly but also hanging on to something for mm. too long. So we, we've tried to work uh, with the premise of not so much right or wrong but what's working and what's not working. 
and we use something that I learned from Brian Tracy many years ago that he taught he calls zero based thinking. So in any situation you're doing or looking at business wise or otherwise, if you had that to do over it again, would you do it again? Or would you do it with the same people or would you do it in the same way? And if the answer is no, then why are you keeping on doing that? Why are you still doing that? Stop change and and start again so we've, we've done that so we don't just talk to, about that to our students we've actually done that and are still doing that mm. and and that has been a big difference for us well, it's a continuous and never um never ending journey isn't it of right. learning and improvement so you've mentioned brian tracy there so it brings me to the question of mentors and coaches have you used and had mentors in, and coaches to to be able to be successful in your respective industries? I, I have is the answer to that question, um, but probably a little later than I should have. So I think it's a bit of an Aussie guy thing. We try and do things on our own for as long as we can. We don't want to admit that we're necessarily not good at something or we can't do it on our own. But when I started to get some real help, but right back in the early sales days, reached out to mentors like Zig Ziglar, Brian Tracy, as we mentioned, got the amazing opportunity to uh, meet and work with people like Robert Kiyosaki, Blair Singer. So these guys are guys that have already achieved and did what we wanted to do. And we were able to learn learn from them. So, so what 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 that for us was was what I call it, it's acceleration. So, arguably we may have got to some of those things, but by having the right mentors and coaches, we got there faster because they've made the mistakes. So rather than try and make all the mistakes yourself, just find out somebody that's already already where you want to be and do what they did. Yeah, that's that's really important to to know and to share because. Do you want to get there in 10 years or do you want to get there in two or three years? Yeah, absolutely. I, I know what I would certainly choose for all of that. What is the biggest mistake that you have made in business? Well, I would say was hiring a dodgy financial planner. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of our really big mistakes. Uh, yeah, definitely taught us some big lessons there to make sure that we do our due diligence and homework. Yeah, I, I think probably not having enough financial intelligence. Yes. Um, so assuming that the people that you hire and you have work for you and with you are always going to have your best interests at heart. So, mm -hmm. so we've been ripped off a couple of times, um, which teaches you a lesson for sure. So I think it, for anybody listening, Although you don't need to necessarily be an expert on everything that you're doing in your business, you certainly need to at least know what's going yes. on around your business, particularly around the numbers and who's managing your money. And if if in if in doubt, just recognise and realise that nobody's going to look after your money as well as what you will yourself. So get the intelligence to know how to pick the right people to work with you, the right team to have around you and make sure that you can trust them. Yeah, I really like that financial intelligence. I've had my own experiences with, I would call it blindly trusting yeah. um, so-called experts in, in industries because you feel like you, you can't know everything. You don't need to know everything in detail yeah. um, and, you know, agree or disagree depending on what you think, but you do need to have a good level of general understanding of every area of your business. Yes, yeah. definitely. 
So we've made mistakes. Obviously, other than that, we've made lots and lots of mistakes. But yeah. but I think the thing that we've learned is not to be worried about those mistakes. So I don't regret any of that. I mean, the, getting a better financial planner would be yes, a good one. Yes. But outside outside of that, everything we've done, we've learned from. So if, if you can learn yeah, from your nice. mistakes quickly and, and, as Marcy said before, pivot and, and go in the direction that you should be going in, the mistakes aren't a bad thing. They're actually a good thing. I think I think the fear we have around making mistakes, in fact, holds us back too much in business. Uh, there's a lot of people a lot smarter than I am that will, will encourage you to go and make mistakes as fast as you possibly can because you're going to learn really, really quickly. Yeah, that's a really great point, isn't it? Do you Do you still have fear when you're making decisions around your business and when you're presented with with different opportunities? I know you said, Craig, that you're really fast and sometimes leave carnage when you make decisions and, and Marcia's there behind, you know, kind of getting you to think about it and look at things from a different perspective. But when you have a new opportunity or maybe a new direction that you can go in with your business, do you still go through facing with those fears and and not being sure what to do? And if you do... How do you manage to to push through, push through that terror barrier? Because so many people in the earlier days in business are facing that almost on a day to day basis. I think for me, I still do go through the fear factor. That is something that I'm always constantly working on, and um, also getting older, it, 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 you do get quite fearful because you're like, oh, how much longer have we got? You know, blah blah blah. Um, so that sort of brings up fears when, especially when you're going to change your business at an older age. Um, but what I do is I tend to go backwards in our history and then try and think, okay, well, where did we make the biggest leaps and then what actions did we take um, to ensure that, you know, we had success. And often when you go back, you think, yeah, I'm feeling exactly the same as, as I did back then when I was 25 and 30. And, um, you know, we, we can do this. We just got to have a plan of action and eliminate the fear out of that and then just move forward. Just um, really, I've learned probably in the last 10 years to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I think I, I don't like that uncomfortable feeling. And so I'll do anything to try and avoid it but I know if I can get comfortable with it then I'll, I'll get through it and, and success is on the other side. Yeah I think fear is not necessarily a bad thing I mean fear causes chemical reactions in our body that engages sort of our amygdala our hypothalamus parts of our brain that will release cortisol and adrenaline uh, and also tap into our memory and experiences we've had so without that fear we don't have we're not in, at sort of full alert so having the fear is not a bad thing because it really gets our brain alert and gets us thinking well so we've got used to embracing that and and we but we don't allow the emotion to overtake the logic so we try and keep quite a balanced approach to that and the best way that we've been able to do that is look at situations or decisions based on their merits and ask ourselves, well, what's the worst thing that could possibly happen here? So as long as we recognise that even if the worst of the worst happens, we're okay. We can cover that. We can replace that. We can rebuild that. And then we look at what's the best thing that can happen and ultimately what's the most likely thing that can happen. Because realistically, most of the things that we worry about don't ever happen. So generally speaking, when we just make that decision, pull the trigger, we're somewhere in between what's the most likely and what's the best thing that could happen. That's where you end up most of the time. But take a plan into it. Take an approach. Don't just don't blindly follow situations. 
know your worst, know your best, and know your most likely, and pull the trigger. And it can be literally that simple as how Craig's explaining it, getting a notepad out, doing your three columns, you know, worst, best, and in the middle, and it helps you you get to your decision quite quickly. Takes all the fear out. And the honest truth is where you finish up is often not where you start. And we will often say to each other that we started a new business venture just a couple of years ago. And I said to Marcy, look, I can almost promise where we're going to finish with this thing is not where we're going to start, but this is where we have to start. And and that's what will often happen. Now, the reality is, though, if you don't start, you're never going to get to where you could potentially get to. And that's really sad, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah, that is. Yeah. Going back to what you said, um, Asya, about getting being uncomfortable with being uncomfortable, that's a little bit like, I mean, you're a personal trainer and you have been for some years. It's the yep. same sort of analogy, isn't it? If, you, if you're training within a comfort zone, you're not growing. That's you're not right. growing any, any sort of muscle. So in order to grow in life and in business, in fitness, you're going to have to get yourself into an, an uncomfortable state. You're going to have to take, you know, you're going to have to lift a heavier weight. You're going to have to do more repetitions, make more calls, do more videos, do more lives, do things that you really feel uncomfortable about doing. And I really like Craig's practical approach to fear. You've got a really, really practical approach. And I know some years back for myself, I would ask myself, because I was one of these people that became quite paralysed with, oh, my God, what do I do? I was paralysed by fear and then wouldn't make a decision. So I one day asked myself, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen? Mm. If I'm okay with the, with the worst thing that can happen, then I would, you know, take a leap. Yeah. But I these days I do a little bit more of what you have described, Craig, which is the, you know, best case, worst case, and the most likely case scenario. So I think they're really, really great practical tips. And you said that you draw up a, um, a page with three columns and do your best uh, worst and most likely scenarios. Mm-hmm. Do you use that just when it comes to fear and making decisions or anything else in, in business? Do you use that approach for anything else? We make, we're, we're sort of list people, certainly I am. So yeah. uh, we, we're in the process with a couple of the brands that we represent and work with at the moment uh, to launch new product lines. So I start with a methodical approach to all of that. So who are our target customers? Who are the most important on that list to go see? What's involved in go seeing them? How do we fit that into our timeline along with our other responsibilities? So Everything we've done right from the very beginning where I remember one of the things that Zig Ziglar said of most salespeople, that most salespeople can achieve a lot more than they set out to if they just go to work on a regular schedule and decide that they're going to do it. And, and that's what I started doing What many, many years ago is have a regular schedule, have a call cycle, have a list of people that I'm calling on when I'm calling on them. And it's one of the things that some of the brands that have worked with us love the most. And they kind of brag about, well, Craig, you can ring Craig and say, what are you doing in six weeks? He can tell you exactly where he's going to be and what he's going to be doing in six weeks. So having that methodical approach to what we do, we still do that now. It might sound a little bit dorky, but and it might sound like it robs you of a bit of spontaneity, but knowing the most important things that you need to achieve, certainly from a business point of view will make sure that those those key things don't get missed don't get forgotten and it's doing those important things first which so many people avoid they do the things they want to do that are also important but not 
the most important things that they, that they don't actually want to do. So I absolutely love your methodical approach and the fact that you schedule things in because then that manages expectations as well. And uh, I don't know if it's Steve Jobs that says, you know, you've only got so many great decisions per day. And I think yeah. your methodical approach to scheduling things means that they're decisions you don't need to make on a daily basis. So right. you've got the the ability and the brain power to make other important business and life decisions rather than, you know, who am I going to call? Should I call? How many people am I going to call? Instead of wasting those decisions. Uh, would you agree with that, Craig? Yeah, absolutely. And I still do that. Um, so regardless of which part of the business I'm, I'm working on, I still do that. I have I have my monthly routine, which is the end of every month. I review the previous month and I set my tasks for the month to come. Then I do that every Sunday on what, what's happening in the next week. And I plan things uh, weekly, not necessarily daily. So I have my weekly things that have to get done. Because if you're planning every single day down to the letter, you, you'll frustrate yourself because just stuff comes in. You've got to allow that stuff's going to come in. So if you know exactly what you need to do in that week, you'll get it done. If it doesn't get done on Wednesday, you know it's going to get done on Thursday. But if you don't have that plan, go out Sunday, do whatever you do Sunday. You wake up Monday morning and think, now, what am I going to do with this week? You're going to be a slave to, to your time rather than the other way around in charge of your time. And in yeah. saying that, we um, also try and put in that schedule our fitness and meal prep and we try and do everything that we can possibly do to make it, you know, obviously run smoothly. But also we're super flexible in there too. Um, having a special needs daughter, we have to be incredibly flexible because life can literally change, you know, within 20 minutes of her waking. And the day, you know, has to look um, a bit different. So we have to be able to once again pivot and um, and, and change. Um, but but having a basic schedule there, we, um, you know, we can follow that to the, to the letter some weeks and it's perfect. Guys, I hope you are taking so many notes because there have been so many wonderful tips and actionable items that you can actually apply not only to business but just to life and being successful in both life and business. Craig, you spoke before about where you finish is not where you start in life. So I want to ask you, with free, the Freedom Sales Academy, for example, or another venture, you said, I think, is that the business you started two years ago? Uh, yeah, Freedom Sales Academy, as it exists now, start we launched two years ago. So um, we started doing sales training around about 15, 16 years ago. When you, when you reach a level of success in any given field, you'll often have people come to you and say, Look, how, how are you doing that? Can you teach some other people? And and that's what happened to us. And, of course, that started a whole new career for us because on top of our own individual selling that we were, we were doing and are still doing, we took some time out of that schedule to start teaching other people. We did it. Most of the sales training that's ever been delivered in Harvey Norman, Good Guys, JB Hi-Fi, those sorts of people were all written by us. So we were very well known within that industry but not outside of that industry. And we started to have some other businesses say, well, look, what you're teaching electrical retail, will that work in other industries? Now, the honest answer was we didn't know. So we started trying it to a few other businesses and we were getting the same sorts of results really, really quickly. In fact, beyond anything that they'd seen before. So that's when we started to formalise it. And I guess we launched it 
properly when we had the opportunity to do uh, speak at a, in front of a large audience over in the US uh, year before last. So we thought, well, what a great opportunity to to launch um, Freedom. And, and it's been wonderful for us because we've had students of all sorts of different businesses from from dentists to to psychologists to frontline salespeople to online salespeople in trades in professions in in virtually every aspect you can imagine and the way that we've been teaching selling which is quite different from the from average sales training that's for sure is working and getting incredible results so the comment from where, where we where we finish compared to where we start came from well where we started that we weren't quite sure exactly where that would end up but it, but it looks like a, a major major buying group uh, that's that's based that crosses over Europe uh, US as well as Australia this is over 20 billion dollar buying group combined representing thousands and thousands of different outlets are looking to introduce our training worldwide so uh, where 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 we finished is certainly not even even in our dreams we wouldn't have thought that that's where it would have gone to certainly in such a short period of time. Mm. Uh, so we feel very proud and privileged uh, that, that that's happened that way. And that's all from saying yes to an opportunity and and an idea. Yeah, I wish it was as as easy as that. Yeah, I guess that's fun. the I guess that's the first thing is saying yes to that idea. But I, I think the re, the real thing is the ability to continue backing that yes that you originally said. A lot of people say yes to things but then don't follow through, even when it's getting tough, even when you're thinking, like, is this the right thing to be doing? Should I still be doing this? Is this going to work? So I guess believing in yourself and having one or two other people believe in you, even on those days you don't necessarily believe in yourself, is always yeah, super exactly. helpful too. So if you've got an accountability partner or a coach or a mentor or somebody that can see past the emotion that you might be going through on any particular day and say to you, look, you're on the right path, just keep going. Uh, and Because because where, where this has ended, I mean, in the process, this, this deal that we're working through now is so big that it's probably going to take the best part of 12 months to even create. And, and even having the strength and resilience to continue working on something for a year just yeah. before you see a result even takes strength too. So there's so many different elements that are beyond the just simply saying yes, but that's the first step for sure. You, you don't, if you don't try, then it, it, nothing happens. There's a lot, of men, a lot of mental muscle in there. And another great point in relation to having a support crew, whether it be a coach, mentor or people around you that – believe in you and for you when sometimes you have moments where you don't have that self-belief you know even yeah. if you are the strongest of people everyone has those moments don't they yeah absolutely and and you need somebody that'll tell you the truth all right not not sweetheart mum who's going to love you no matter how bad you stuff up but you need, <laughs> you, need you need somebody that'll tell you the truth um so and that's really really important like I say, you know, your friends are the people who tell you what you want to hear, but also tell you what you don't want to hear. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, critical. Craig, uh, we, we talk a lot about sales and some people might be wondering, you know, you know, what do sales have to do with what I do, as in them personally? Are we all salespeople in what we do on a daily basis, whether it be life or business? Yeah, it's well, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> it's funny. It's a good question because it's, it's kind of the question that I asked myself in the beginning because I've, 
had a very, very successful career in selling, but I've never ever seen myself as a salesperson. When you think of that stereotypical salesperson being quite sort of pushy and aggressive, I was actually told in the beginning of my career I would never make it in selling because I'm not pushy enough. You're not aggressive enough. You won't you won't make it. In fact, my first boss that ever gave me my first sales job, I, I pushed for three years to even get given a chance to sell because I just didn't believe that I could do it because I'm not not pushy and not aggressive enough. So. So I had to I had to teach them that there was a different way to sell in order for me to even get my job in the first place. And I very quickly, within six months, became the number one salesperson in that company uh, within a six month period out of 18 different salespeople around the country. So so I was able to prove to them in a very quick amount of time that that selling is not necessarily what they think selling is. And that's what that's why I'm so passionate about teaching what I teach, because most people think that selling is something that you have to do. You put on a different coat to sell. I've even heard people say, look, I love my product. I love my service, but I don't like the sales part of it. So the sales part of it is no different to anything else that you do with your product or service. So to answer your question, we, we all have the ability to sell. We are all salespeople. We learn our first sales pitch the moment we're born, and that's crying. That's our first bit of communication we know how to do to get somebody to or persuade somebody to take an action on our behalf. We learn the moment we're born how, how to sell. Unfortunately, some salespeople never learn any more than that same sales approach. If they don't get their way, they'll just cry. So we, we, <laughs> we like to give them a few other techniques to learn other than that. But we're all born to be able to persuade and communicate and, and get people to do what we want them to do. The thing is we, we learn through probably bad teaching, uh, bad mentors, old old sales myths and sales habits that have been left over from the 50s, 60s, 70s that are still being taught today. That's why selling feels icky because it's not done the right way. But it's not its not your client's fault, Fatima. It's, it's not most people's fault. It's, it's just what it's just the way that they've been taught to sell. Yeah, we find a lot um, with the people that we speak with. It's just it's it's a huge mindset. It's just their preconceived idea of what a salesperson is supposed to be like, and so they don't want to be perceived that way, and so they just stay in that mindset of oh, I don't want to be a sales or salesy or um, particularly women. We often mm. find, don't we, so mm. between so that forty-five to fifty-five year age group, maybe going through divorce, uh, maybe starting a new career. Uh, they have to have selling skills. I mean, to to be able to pro, to move forward, but they um have their this closed off mindset about um selling. Sometimes it could even be that the product they're selling, they think, well, oh, I wouldn't spend that much money on the product, so I couldn't encourage someone else to spend that much money, um, even though the person actually wants it and needs it. Um, so it's it's a huge mindset thing is around selling as well. It's changing our whole um, attitude towards it. Yeah, and I think the most important thing is we've been able to create a system that's actually predictable and it's not we don't have any special powers we don't have any special abilities we've just been able over time create a system that's repeatable and that works regardless of who uses it. If people wanted to find you, thank you for all of that, but if people wanted to find some more information about your system and what you teach, and and from what you've shared there, a lot of that is mindset and perception, where can they find you? Well, Freedom Sales Academy is, is online. You can, you can find our website. 
Um, you can reach out to both either Marcia Carr or Craig Carr. We're on Facebook, Freedom Sales Academies on Facebook as well. But why don't I, you haven't asked me for this, but I'm just thinking of this off the top of my head. Why don't I give you, your listeners, a little bit of a gift if that's okay with you? Uh, I have That'd be 40- amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I have a 45 minute. Uh, free training uh, little program that I put together for people that essentially want to know why how our training's different and how they can sell without being pushy because that's our, our biggest thing. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll flick you that link and, and feel free to share it with your, your listeners, Fatima, and you can, you can pass that on as a free gift from me. Thank In fact, you so we'll do, much. We'll do one more thing if they want to, if they're serious about, um, about learning how to communicate in, in business more effectively. I'll open up. Um, I normally charge four ninety seven for a, for an hour consultation. Why don't you? We'll offer that to you, any of your guests that want to book a call with me as a free gift. Okay. That is absolutely phenomenal because what you offer is not just teaching people how to sell. It's so much more in relation to mindset and communication. So I thank you so much for that. Mm-hmm. I have one one last question for the both of you. You can be successful in career and business but what are your three most practical steps which we've spoken about but we'll just wrap it up with these three most practical steps to cultivate a successful life body and business because success isn't obviously just financial success I think say for body and mind is is like I said in the beginning probably having the rituals like setting up setting up practical things as well that work for you it's not some some people who say don't have four kids a single person might be able to sit down and and um you know work out for an hour and then meditate for another hour and and do all that sort of thing but you have to put it into your own life where it works best but definitely have some rituals set up so that you can start your day off um with that mindset from the minute you open your eyes you just do it as a habit, just like we don't think about brushing our teeth. Eventually, the more consistent you become with these, you, you'll you just do them. And you'll also, when you don't do them, you'll feel the lack. So then doing them, you'll obviously get the energy from that. So, um, For me, it's, it's open communication, including the things that I'm worrying about or thinking about uh, inside myself, not, not sharing with Marcy. The moment I talk about something out loud, even if it's a concern, even if I'm a little bit embarrassed about it or I'm, I, it's, it, I'm worried about it myself personally, I will bring it to Marcy's attention. And, and between the two of us, we were always able to figure things out. Um, so that's been that's been really important for me because that's been a personal thing for me that I, I have to try and solve all problems myself. So I don't know if you, any of your listeners can relate to what I'm talking about, but if you are that type of person, don't suffer in silence with things. Get it out. Just even the mere fact of talking it out loud uh, can sometimes you answer your own situations yourself, but that other person in your life can help you. Um, for me, also, from a practical point of view, I have to plan the most important things, whether I'm doing that on a monthly basis or a weekly basis I talked about before, because it's really hard in business. You get if, if you've got if you've got multiple business, we're, we're running three separate businesses. 
you get you get what I call addicted to the urgent. So everybody's got an agenda. Everybody's got something that's urgent for them. If you're not crystal clear on what the most important things are that you need to be doing, stuff will override them. The urgent stuff will come in and trump them. So you ha- you have to have your big rocks in place so that you know that you're doing them first of all. The last thing is, and and I know this is because now we're fifty something now, so. Um, for us, it's it's got to be having that fitness routine, whatever that is for you. It's not not about being fanatical about it. For 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 me, it's like a half an hour a day. I go for a half hour run. I can run five k's in half an hour, so I can go out and get get a five k run in 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 the morning, and I can do that pretty well anywhere. I'm traveling, doing an overnight trip tomorrow. I can throw in a pair of shorts, a shirt, and a, and a pair of running shoes. So you don't need a lot of prep to do that, and I still get that little bit of fitness in. Guys, particularly as we get older, um, testosterone drops, we lose muscle tone, so you have to be doing something, otherwise your brain's just not functioning the way it was when you were 20 or 30. So you, you have to find the time to do that. That's probably the three big practical ones for me. Yeah, I agree, definitely. And particularly for myself, being that age, you, us ladies, we go through the menopause. So that's been wonderful in helping uh, me get through that, is getting up, doing my exercise, planning out my meals, staying on track with all of that, and just, just being consistent, just literally getting up every day and doing it. Whether you, and Some people, being in fitness, you always get that question like, oh, when am I going to like fitness? Can I just say you're never going to like fitness? Like, um, it just it just it just doesn't come. Like, I mean, you might get some people that that, that do, but uh, yeah, still I struggle some days. But I just say to myself, giving myself an uppercut, and I just say, get up out of bed and just do it because you know that you're going to feel amazing afterwards. And then, you know, over over a twelve month period, the results are there. Yeah, and that's the discipline that you cultivate over time. And Craig mentioned it earlier saying, you know, sometimes he didn't feel like getting up and going for a run, but that's a time that he really needed to do it. So I I can completely relate. And I'm sure that everyone listening has gone through that, whether it's to do with fitness or getting up that bit earlier or doing things that I don't want to, just reiterating that when you don't want to do it, you don't feel like doing it, that is probably the most important time for you to actually get your backside into gear and go and do that particular action. So we've had so much amazing um, information, like I said, actionable tips. Craig and Marcia's wonderful um, offer of your $497 coaching session. That is absolutely incredible. I know I said that was your last question, but I've got one last one. (laughs) And that is the two of you, how do you keep the spice in life? Because, you know, I look at you when I see you out at different events that we see each other at and go, you know, couples goals that's my couples goal you work together you're so in love you've been together for so long you know 30 was it 35 years yeah yeah yeah. and you seem to you know just love being in each other's presence so with all your amazing business how do you keep life you know a little bit spicy in terms of your relationship no specific details from the bedroom (laughs) thanks you've seen her i can't keep my hands off her She's the most gorgeous woman I've ever met. I still can't believe that she said yes all those years ago. And I, I tell people now, if you want if you want any proof that I can sell, have a look at my wife, then you know I can sell, all right? <laughs> Everybody knows that I'm the real salesman in this relationship. So. <laughs> um, I think for us it was, I think when we first got married, we said it to each other that we want to always respect um, 
the you know sort of physically as well how the person fell in love with us I think working on ourselves to stay like that for each other um then that chemistry is there that attraction's there I mean like I say that to Craig all the time if if I'd never met him before and I was on tinder and I saw him I'd fall in love with him all over again it wouldn't matter what part of my life I met him in I would actually um have that chemistry for him so that's a a huge thing, I think, keeping ourselves physically fit and um, looking nice for each other. I think that's a huge thing. Yeah, and just keep falling in love with your partner yeah. all of the time. So do whatever that takes, like have date night or, or have a weekend away or what, whatever whatever it is for you. We, we love, we'll have a movie night or something like that. But whatever it is for you, you just just keep putting that little bit of effort in and that little bit of work in if it's bringing home some flowers or whatever it is. But just just let that other person know that you're that they're your number one priority and they're the first thing that you think about in the morning and the last thing you think about at night and and it will be there. I think sometimes people think that you have to um, spend money also but I mean there's been times in our lives where we haven't had much money but we've put aside that time to have a date night and maybe just have a picnic on the floor in front, you know, of our house or something with some candles lit and just make something really yummy that we want for dinner. But it's just it's that connection time is what is what it is. It's just mm. and when we're together trying not to talk about business and children, like really just getting to know your partner all over again. Um, you know, in, in, in sometimes you do get a little bit lost. I think there's been times where we have been a little bit lost and particularly having um, some major issues come into our life. Um, as I mentioned before, we have a special needs daughter and we've had quite a few deaths and we've had suicides and all sorts of things. So you can actually get lost, um, even as yourself you can get lost. But um, then always just making the other person aware, like, hey, I'm not feeling as connected to you, and then working back to get that connection. I think that's what we're always doing, aren't we, working back to get that connection. Yeah, and I, I haven't always got it right. I mean, I've probably done this more in the last sort of five or six years, just drop the whole, oh, well, this is the guy's job and that's the lady's job and sort of help out and put a load of wash on or, or we, we're working the kitchen together and, and cook together. So just just as a man to be more involved in, in your wife's life as well for, for your male listeners, Fatima has, has been a big, big one for me and, and recognise it's it's not about what you're going to get out of your marriage or your relationship, but what you bring to it. That That's where you're going to get the, the benefit. Guys, we could do a whole nother episode just on, you know, a successful relationship. You guys have got so much beautiful information to share and you are so cute. If you would just see Craig and Marcia together, you'd understand what I'm talking about. And he really does have the most beautiful picture of Marcia on his phone screensaver. I have seen it. <laughs> Thank you so much for giving up your time. Um, it's been amazing and I know that the listeners have, have going to take so much value out of this. Oh, it's been our pleasure. Yeah, Thanks for having wonderful. us on. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I truly hope you have found it beneficial and have taken some value from it. Hopefully a lot. If you did, please, please share this show with anyone you feel may need to hear it. I would also absolutely love if you would take a minute or two to review this show on iTunes, Stitcher, or whichever platform you happen to be listening to it on. With your help, we can accomplish my mission to positively impact 10 million lives. That would be so awesome. 
Now, if you want to connect with me or my guests on other platforms, or if you want to send me an email with questions or ideas of guests to interview, please check out the show notes. I am so incredibly grateful to have had your time today, and I can't wait to have you on the next episode. Have a great day.